Welcome to the Travel Therapy Mentor Podcast, your number one source for travel therapy information and education. Hosted by travel physical therapist duo Jared and Whitney. Join us each week on Facebook Live to learn about a new travel therapy topic or subscribe to our podcast to hear the replay every week. Hey everyone. Hey guys. Welcome to another Travel Therapy Mentor video. Tonight we're going to be talk, giving a recap of our uh, road trip that we just finished. We got back just a few days ago. Um, we're going to be talking about like the planning process, all, some of the stats from the road trip. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun and um, it was actually crazy what all we did in, in eight weeks. Uh, we still can't believe that we did that and we're already back home. It seems like both forever and, the, uh, and no time at all. So um, we're going to give some in, uh, insight on that um, and give some advice for you guys if you're considering some sort of similar trip in the future. So um, Whitney's going to introduce us and I'm going to share this video in a couple of our groups. Hey everybody, thanks for joining tonight. My name is Whitney Aiken. And I'm Jared Kazaza. And we are both traveling doctors of physical therapy. Many of you guys may have joined us in the past for our weekly videos. Uh, we are the faces behind the Travel Therapy Mentor Facebook and Instagram page. Uh, we also have a website. And each week we try to bring you some new information about travel therapy and sometimes just about traveling in general. And as many of you guys may know who have followed us in the past, we work as traveling physical therapists um, on contracts occasionally, and then sometimes we take off extended periods of time to travel for fun. So this recent road trip that we're gonna be talking about today on our video um, was actually just a trip for fun. It wasn't for work or anything. We just took a, um, a few weeks off, uh, eight weeks actually, to travel across the country and do an awesome road trip. So we're gonna share some insight with you guys about that tonight. Um, as Jared mentioned, he's gonna share our video in a couple of groups so that more people can join in with us live. I know some of you guys like to watch our videos live and some of you watch later on the replay. Whether you're watching live or on the replay or listening later on the audio version on our podcast, we would love if you would subscribe, give us a thumbs up, um, and say hello in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. I see that quite a few of you guys are joining in with us live. Hi Armand, hi Christina, hi Deepak, hi Brianna. Um, if you guys wouldn't mind, just say hello in the comments and let us know who you are. Are you a current travel therapist? Are you a therapist who's thinking about traveling? Um, let us know if you'd like to take a road trip like the one that we did. Uh, we have had a lot of you guys following along on our Instagram and Facebook page. Um, there was no shortage of photos to be taken in all the beautiful places that we went. So hopefully you guys enjoyed following along. Just let us know in the comments. Yeah, everybody kind of fell into two camps. Uh, a lot of people saying, oh, I would really love to do what you guys did. And a lot of people saying, oh, you guys are insane because uh, <laughs> we spent over half the nights in a minivan. So um, yeah, it was, it was a kind of a dream that I wanted to do. It was an idea I had a few, few years ago to travel around the country in a minivan. Um, and there's a few reasons for that. Um, one being minivans are very fuel efficient. So instead of having a camper and travel around in that, it's, it's a lot cheaper um, fuel cost wise. And it's a lot easier to maneuver a minivan than like an actual camper like we had in the past, our fifth wheel. Um, it's, it's really easy in like a van or a camper or something like that to just be able to pull off the road and sleep at night instead of like driving out off of your route to go find a hotel or an Airbnb. So it saved us a lot of time. Basically we would just drive till it got dark or we'd be in a national park until it got dark. We'd drive outside, um, find a place to sleep for the night and it was very simple. Um, and obviously it saved on costs. So, you know, not having to have a hotel or Airbnb every night saved us money. And we ended up spending um, about 30 of the 55 nights we were gone in the van. And we built a platform. We showed a video um, in the past of that van 
uh, the van and the platform we built um, and we used basically like a foam topper and a camping mattress to make it a little more comfortable and it, it really wasn't that bad. It wasn't uh, anything glamorous, but uh, it worked out pretty well. Yeah, it's funny. A lot of you guys asked, um, so maybe some people who didn't realize that we had sold our fifth wheel. So we have another blog in addition to our Travel Therapy Mentor website. Our blog is called Fifth Wheel PT and that was our original blog where we write about our journeys. And that was because we used to live in a fifth wheel camper and I think there was a lot of people who didn't realize that we had sold our camper and they thought we were still living in it. And I, would, I can't tell you how many people said, did you take the fifth wheel on your trip? And it's funny because I guess there are some people who travel cross country in their campers and their fifth wheels, their huge motorhomes, but the logistics of the type of trip that we were planning uh, would just be insane with a fifth wheel. Like some of the mountain roads that we went on, we just looked at each other and laughed like, oh my God, if we had the camper with us, this would be awful and then also jared mentioned fuel efficiency what did we use to get uh fuel economy in the truck we got between depending on uh how many hills we were going up and down pulling the, the camper with the truck we'd get between six to eight miles per gallon it was awful so yeah there's not a chance the type of road trip that we took that we would ever take a big camper now i think there are some people who do where they stay a little bit longer at some parks maybe you're going to set up camp for a few days or you're only planning on going to one or two national parks that's a totally different story. Um, I'm gonna go through some of the stats of what we did and to know like the, the extent to which we traveled during this trip, there is not a chance I would have ever taken a camper on a trip like this. So over, just to give you guys some stats and some overview, um, we were gone for eight weeks, so it was about 56 days, 55 nights. And the goal of this trip was to go to as many national parks as possible in the time that we had allotted, which was about uh, a little less than two months, so eight weeks. Mm -hmm. So we were gone for almost two months. Um, we, like Jared mentioned, we stayed 30 out of the 55 nights camping in the van. And that's just basically like if anybody's ever car camped, um, it's basically tent camping because you're not really having any facilities or anything. You're just literally sleeping in the van. They call it boondocking. Um, so we had no access to showers and that sort of thing. For the most part, we were staying on free land where you're allowed to just camp uh, overnight. We weren't staying at RV parks or anything like that. So that was just truly in a way, roughing it, not roughing it quite as much as if you had um, a tent, but roughing it Yeah. in a way. Yeah, so we were staying in places. We, had, we spent a few nights at Walmart, so that was usually like a last resort. Um, we stayed at uh, a casino or two, like in the parking lot there, they'll allow that. We stayed at a, uh, what was it? Uh, not a Bass Pro Shop, what was that? Cabela's. Cabela's. We stayed at Cabela's, but most of the time we were staying in like National Forest Land or like uh, BLM land or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it was a really interesting experience, but we did offset that time. Um, usually every seventh day or so, we would try to have an Airbnb, stay with a friend or a family member that we knew along our route, or get a hotel. And towards the latter part of the trip, we stayed in the van a lot less. Um, but we'll get into all those details. I'll just run through the rest of the stats. So um, in our eight weeks, we traveled through 20 states. We drove over 12,800 miles. Which was a um, ton. On our van, and Jared drove most of it. I drove all of it, but what, about five? <laughs> uh, Jared likes to do most of the driving, and uh, I have other responsibilities. I take care of the business. She answered a lot the... of emails from you guys. Yeah, so. so if you were messaging us or emailing, it was all me from my work desk in the passenger seat while Jared did all, all the, the driving. All the Instagram stories, that was all with me. Yeah. Um, we went to 28 national parks, which brings our total of national parks up to 38 um, all time. We've been to 38. And we'll talk about what some of our favorites were here in a few minutes. Um, in those 28 national parks and some other areas that we went that were not national parks, like state parks or just local 
hiking areas, we hiked and or walked over 320 miles. Which we were really prepared for. Uh, we were not in the greatest shape when we started the trip, but we definitely got in better shape doing so much hiking. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, and then along our route, we were able to meet up with a lot of other travel therapists, therapists that are thinking about traveling, um, some family members and friends that we knew, and even some of our travel therapy recruiters. All in all, I think we saw like 60 plus uh, people that we knew and at least 40 of those were from the travel therapy world, which was amazing to connect with so many of you guys um, I don't know if any of you guys are tuning in that we got to see but especially out west um, In California and some of the western states We saw a ton of other travel therapists, which was amazing and made the trip that much better Yeah, besides the national parks meeting up with all the people were definitely the best part of this trip. Yep I see a few more of you guys have tuned in live. Hey, Steven um, and hey, other Steven. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Mel. Hi, Allie. Hi, Nisa. Hi, MJ. Hi, Trevor. Thank you guys for tuning in. Again, if you're just now joining us, we'd love if you'd leave a comment um, below in the comments. Just say hello. Let us know who you are. Let us know if you followed along um, our journey throughout. Yeah, and if Instagram. you have any questions, I'm going to talk about um, some of my costs as well. I always write articles on every trip we go on about costs. So we're going to do like a, a cost recap of how much I spent. Uh, in total and how much per day. Yeah. So just talking a little bit about planning this trip and kind of why we took this trip. So uh, many of you guys that have followed us in the past may have known that we were supposed to go to Latin America this summer. We were going to be going through um, Central, South America, and Mexico for about four or five months. And because of COVID, we ended up having to cancel all of that. We were also planning a road trip, but it was going to be a smaller road trip, kind of like we did last year. Um, last year, we took a road trip for about three weeks out to Vegas for the Travelers Conference, and we were planning on doing one um, a little bit longer this year uh, to the Travelers Conference, back when we thought the Travelers Conference was going to be going on in Vegas. So when we had to cancel our Latin America trip, we ended up um, saying, okay, you know what, since we can't go out of the country, we'll just make our road trip even more robust. We put a lot more into planning it. We added a lot more time, a lot more states, and a lot more national parks to it. So that's how we ended up with this epic eight-week, 20-state, 12,000-mile trip. So um, we were a little bit constrained by our time, even though you would have thought we had wide open time. At the last minute, we kind of canceled the very last little part of our um, Latin America trip. We still had a part in Cancun booked, and we technically could have traveled to Cancun. Um, there are Americans who have been going to Cancun, but at the last minute, we just decided it wasn't the right time for us. We would save Cancun for some other time. So we canceled it, and we bumped our trip up a few days, and then just recently um, on Saturday, well, yesterday, we had a wedding to attend, which was the end date that we had to be back. So that allowed us to have eight weeks. Yeah, our trips are always action-packed, um, and part of that we we do naively. Uh, I think we, we always think that we're going to be able to do more than we, we really can. Um, and then the other reason I think that we do that a lot is to try to get as much in as possible, obviously, and then to see what we like so that we can go back to places in the future. So like when we, uh, we went to Europe and Asia um, the last two years previously and spent a long time there, we traveled around and saw a lot. And a lot of people told us we were seeing way too much and that we shouldn't uh, spend such short times in each places. But the thing about it is we want to see, it's almost like a scouting trip is the way I look at it. We go to Europe, we see most of the places just for a brief time, and then we see what we like and we can go back to in the future. Same with Asia and the same with this trip. So we want to see um, most of the national parks in the lower 48 on this trip. And then we see basically our top five. We'll, we'll talk about our top five national parks. And then in the future, we'll go back to those and spend more time. So uh, yeah, it is kind of crazy and it was kind of a whirlwind, but now we know 
what areas we like and want to go back to and what areas we probably just won't go back to. Yeah, it was definitely action-packed. There was a lot of people who kind of advised us, well, I wouldn't put in that much in that short of time, you know, spread it out a little bit more. Um, but I don't know, maybe we're stubborn, so we did it the way we wanted we to do it. We are stubborn. And um, it was good. I mean, yeah, looking back, it was, it was action-packed. It was busy. Um, maybe we could have slowed down a little bit more, but now we kind of have a, an overview um, of some places, like Jared said, that we might want to go back to and spend more time and some places that we probably wouldn't want to go back to. Um, the big objective, like Jared said, was the national parks, and we figured with COVID, this was a really good time just to be traveling and doing outdoorsy stuff. So we hiked a ton. We did do you know, some of the touristy stuff along the way, checked out some of the local restaurants that were open. Uh, usually we did take out or ate outside, but we figured with COVID, we could at least try to just mostly keep to ourselves, mostly do outdoor stuff. We tried to keep primarily our meetups with other people outdoors. Um, now that wasn't always the case, but we, we did our best. And we tried to be respectful of everybody and where they are at in their own um, personal feelings about COVID and, you know, social distancing and all that. So we did our best. Uh, we hope we did a, a fair job of, you know, maintaining the rules and social distancing and all that. Um, yeah, and that was another big advantage of, of being in the van this year, which we didn't. I mean, when I thought about this van trip, this was a couple years ago, so... Um, I had no idea anything like this would happen, but in the van, it, it allowed us spending over half the nights in there to be on our own and not around other people for the majority of the trip. So that was a, a, a good thing. I mean, driving almost 13,000 miles and spending 30 some nights in the van, we really weren't around people that much. Mm -hmm. I mean, definitely we went into some stores. Um, we always wore our masks, even in the states where masks were kind of optional. Um, we always tried to still wear our masks when we were in, in stores. Um, and be respectful in that way. But it was really interesting traveling during COVID. We saw a lot. It was quite different as we crossed all the different states. Um, I'll echo what one of um, our fellow travel therapists told me. It's kind of like the middle of the country, especially the more rural areas. Um, aren't as concerned about masks, aren't as concerned about the rules. The states have more lax restrictions. Whereas when we got on the coast, especially in the bigger cities, California, uh, Washington, Oregon, they were a lot more strict. Um, Arizona, I think too, yep. a lot more strict on all the rules. We saw a lot more um, restrictions on restaurants not having indoor seating and a lot of places had bathrooms closed and gyms closed and showers closed and all kinds of stuff, which we'll get into talking yeah, about. Yeah, I think the most strict were probably Washington, Oregon, California, Arizona, and Michigan, I would say. Those are probably the most strict places we were. Yeah, and so also talking a little bit in terms of planning, um, it has been in the past that we usually would plan everything out to a T. We would have an exact itinerary, stick to it. We would even for Europe and Asia and our road trip last year, we would have our hotels and things like that booked in advance. But for a couple of reasons this year, one, we didn't know if we would have our route affected by COVID and we might have to change our route. Two, we didn't know, you know when we would want to stay in the van and when it would be easier to uh, stay in an Airbnb or hotel or when we'd be fed up with a van and want to stay in the Airbnb or hotel. So we left it all wide open and we kind of just planned as we went um, in terms of accommodations. But we did have a general outline of where we planned to be each day. And that did help us with letting people know that we were meeting up with in a couple weeks. You know, I think we're going to be there on Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, and another reason for that is that doing so many trips that we've done in the past few years now, we've gotten more comfortable just kind of winging things and uh, knowing things will turn out okay. Uh, I think that just comes along with, you know, doing more trips and crazy things. It's just like, we know things are going to work out. And there were some nights on this trip where we didn't have anywhere to stay at like 9 p.m. And, and we figured it out. And uh, I think that's a, 
Some people are born with that. We know a lot of people that just travel and they just wing everything and it works out for them. And then us, we kind of had to come around to the idea of being a little more spontaneous, but it's, it's more fun that way. Yeah, but we did try to stick to our outline in general because a lot of people will say, well, what if you find out you really want to stay somewhere longer? I can tell you there's numerous places that we did want to stay longer, but we knew if we added a day here and a day here and a day here, you'd get to the end of the trip and you wouldn't have time for the other things that you planned. So even though there were some places that we absolutely loved and would have loved to stay an extra day, we tried to just stick to the schedule and move on when we had to move on. I think there were a couple times where we added an extra day, but we did have a few fixed dates in there we had to get. Um, so one of those was Yosemite. So right now with yep. Yosemite, if you want to tell them a little bit about that. Yeah, so Yosemite right now, and I think from this point on, they're doing a reservation system where the month prior, the first day of the month prior, you have to sign up for your entry date to the park. So the beginning of August, we had to sign up for our entry date and uh, I think it was like September 3rd or 4th we were going. So that date was set. We had to be there on that date. Um, we also had our hotel already booked in Vegas. We booked that probably five or six months ago, back when we thought the Travelers Conference was gonna be happening. So we had that booked, and then we also had a hotel booked in uh, Carlsbad, California, which was part of a timeshare that uh, Whitney kind of got sucked into, which actually turned out really good. It wasn't, wasn't a difficult presentation to go to and just be like, no, we're not interested. So um, we got a good deal on that hotel, and we already had those dates booked. So those were kind of our three, I believe, just the three mm -hmm. things that we had already planned we had to work around. Yeah, and then after that, we were super flexible because after we had those dates booked, that was about two-thirds of the way into the trip. The last third of the trip, the last couple of weeks, we were kind of like planning on the spot uh, just a couple of days before. And we had found that we really squished ourselves at the end there because we'd done so much out west that we were like, oh gosh, we're supposed to be home in like two weeks. So now we got to, you know, get through the southwest and get on home. But it was interesting. Yeah. And by the by the second half of the trip or really like the second, uh, the last couple of weeks of the trip, we were we were getting ready to be home anyway. We were um, a little fatigued from sleeping in the van and, uh, uh, you know, being so active and driving so much and all those things were wearing on us. Yeah. So we're going to go through just kind of the route and talk about some of the highlights, some of our favorite places that we visited. Um, again, if you guys are watching this, if you're learning anything, if you're having fun, we'd love if you click the thumbs up button, um, leave us a comment, ask us a question as we go through. If there's any place in particular you really want to know more about, we'd love to tell you more. Um, of course, we'd be here for hours if we told you every single thing that we did for eight weeks, but we'll definitely tell you about some of our favorite places. Yep. So, um, we also got this cool new ring light uh, so we can change the colors, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Hopefully the lighting's pretty good for you guys. Um, and hopefully you can hear us. Let us know if you can hear us uh, well. We're always concerned that we'll do a whole video and then nobody will ever be able to hear us. Okay. I'm sure somebody will set something at this point. I hope so. Okay. So here was the route. So we're from Virginia. So we started at home in Virginia. And we went up and through um, Ohio, West Virginia, Ohio. Or did we go through West Virginia? Uh, I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, West yeah, Virginia, did. Ohio. And our first stop was in Ohio, um, Cuyahoga, I think is how you say it, National Park. And then from there, we went to Michigan, and we went to um, the Upper Peninsula, some of the, the lakes, the Great Lakes, which was amazing. That was our first time in Michigan, um, especially the Upper Peninsula. We absolutely loved. Uh, we were not able to go to the National Park in Michigan because it is... Um, Isle Royale is the national park there, and you have to access it by ferry, and they're not running the ferries 
due to COVID. So we had to skip the national park that we had planned, but we heard so many great things about just the hiking and the scenery and the wineries and the lakes and everything up there in the Upper Peninsula that it was fine, even though we didn't get to go to a national park. We still loved our time in Michigan. Yeah, Michigan's awesome. The Great Lakes are really cool. Mm -hmm. So from there, we cut across um, Wisconsin and we went to the national park in Minnesota. Uh, which is up on kind of the border of Canada. And unfortunately, we didn't get to do a lot there because a, a lot of the activity there at that one um, has to do with boating and getting out on the water. And we didn't really know that because there was just so much to plan. We didn't really look into it in advance. Um, so we had limited time there. So we did see it. We did do a short hike there, but we didn't get out on the water, which was kind of a bummer. Um, so from Minnesota, we went down through the Dakotas. So we started in South Dakota. We kind of did a little zigzag there. And we actually really enjoyed South Dakota. Um, I guess the eastern side of the state, the eastern like two thirds is kind of flat and boring, but the western side of the state is beautiful. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, so I was really surprised actually by South Dakota. That's one of the places I wasn't expecting to be super great. Um, there's a couple of national parks there in South Dakota. Or did we go to North Dakota first? I think we went to South Dakota first and then we went. North. I think we went to North Dakota first actually, because oh, yeah, we went right. to Teddy Roosevelt, but they're kind of right there together. Um, geographically the pretty part with the the mountains is kind of right there on the western side of both north and south dakota so we went to teddy roosevelt national park in north dakota first that was really pretty that was our first experience with what they call badlands so i know there's a badlands national park but apparently we learned that badlands are just a geographical type of um, topography basically type of land so we saw badland type of land in teddy roosevelt and we also that was our first experience with um buffalo yeah. So that was pretty amazing. Yep. And that was Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, badlands basically just mean uh, lands that don't grow any vegetation. So these are just barren areas, um, almost like desert, but rocky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they have this, I don't know if it's called sandstone, but it's basically this stone that kind of erodes away. And it, it almost looks like mounds of sand, but it's solid. But you can see where it's really thin and crumbly and erodes away really easily. And apparently we learned that badlands comes from a Native American word that means land bad because they couldn't grow anything there. So that was really cool. Um, we had never really heard of Teddy Roosevelt. That was pretty. And then when we came down to the Badlands National Park um, in South Dakota, we saw even more animals, um, more of that bad, Badlands type of topography. It was beautiful. Um, and then we went to Wind Cave National Park, which unfortunately the caves are closed or the elevators to go in the caves are closed. So we honestly didn't get to see that much at Wind Cave. That was one of those just kind of check the box type places. Yeah, we'll probably have to go back there in the future whenever yeah. things back open. Um, but tell them about what else we did in South Dakota that wasn't National Park. That was went to cool. Mount Rushmore. That was awesome. Um, one of those places that you definitely should see once, um, but we probably won't go back. But uh, yeah, it was really, really cool to see. We went to the Crazy Horse Memorial, which is uh, a memorial that they're they're carving into the stone or carving or uh, basically going to put a tribute to one of the Native American um, chiefs, one of the primary Native American chiefs uh, on in the, in the stone there. So they're carving it and it's going to be a monument to him. And um, they're only probably about, a, I don't know, a fifth of the way through. So it's going to be, it's a huge, huge They've been working on it for decades, yeah. so it's not done yet. Um, but tell them about Custer State Park. Yeah, Custer State Park was awesome. Uh, one of our favorite parts of South Dakota. Um, what about it? Well, I just thought it was interesting because so many people, I think this is kind of a learning moment where we thought, well, the national parks are going to be the coolest part of our trip. Yeah. So we had written down all the national parks, but then there, we kept having all these people be like, 
yeah, 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 the national parks, but what about Custer State Park? And we were like, well, we can't go to every state park. We can't go to everything that exists. And they were like, yeah, 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 but Custer State Park is, re is really pretty. Like, it's way better than Wind Cave. Why are you going to Wind Cave? Um, so we were actually super surprised. Like, Custer State Park was beautiful, and that was probably one of our favorite parts yeah. of South Dakota. I even though it was wasn't... our favorite part of South Dakota um, compared to, like, the Badlands and things like that. Especially when, this time of year. When we went, it was uh, middle of August. It was really hot. So it was much better to be up in the mountains than, uh, you know, these really, really hot badland areas. Yeah, so we were super, super thankful to have a lot of you guys kind of giving us advice and guidance along the way. Um, of course, we couldn't see everything that everybody suggested along our trip, but we are glad that we decided to go to Custer State Park. Um, we also happened to be in South Dakota during the Sturgis bike rally which was really interesting that that still happened uh, due to COVID. So we tried the to- The interstates were packed with motorcycles for several days. Like that whole area around there, all of South Dakota, when we were driving through, it was just packed with motorcycles. Yeah, so that was interesting. Um, so we definitely tried to keep our distance because let's just say that all the Sturgis motorcycle rally people did not believe in masks. Um, and it was definitely a lot more crowded at some of the tourist places than we would have liked, but uh, we did our best. Okay, so from South Dakota, we went to Wyoming. And Wyoming was probably one of our top favorite places that we went on the whole trip. Um, so tell them about where we went in Wyoming. Uh, we went to uh, Yellowstone is in northern Wyoming, northwestern Wyoming. Uh, Grand Tetons was one of our top national parks. We'll get to the top list, but that was an amazing place. And uh, I think the Grand Tetons really um stick out in our mind because it was the first time on this trip that we saw just beautiful mountains with glaciers and things we'd never seen glaciers until we got there so uh, i think that will always be somewhere that we really remember so grand tetons definitely one of our favorite places yeah i was super surprised i'd never really thought much about wyoming i'd never really i didn't know that's where yellowstone was until we started mapping out this trip i didn't know anything about wyoming but i was really impressed with wyoming it was gorgeous I'm sure it would be a different world. A lot of these places that we went in the summer slash fall, I think they'd be different in the winter, of course. Um, I think you have to be pretty tough to live out there in the winter, but for us during this trip, it was epic. Um, and then our next stop after Wyoming was Montana, which was also epic. You're not planning on going through every place in every state, are you? Oh, well, maybe. This will take too long. <laughs> I know, I did say earlier yeah. that I wasn't going to, but yeah. um, we can give a general overview. Yeah, okay, so yeah, Montana was awesome. We had high expectations for Montana anyway. But the mountains there were awesome, and uh, that's where Glacier National Park was, which is definitely one of our top national parks that we've seen so far. Yeah, so that one was really tough to beat, and I think a lot of people rank Glacier as one of their favorite places, and it's right up there, kind of tied with our number one, but we'll talk about our number one in a little while. So we had a great time in Montana, definitely got to meet up with some great people there, and then in Washington was our first experience going to the Pacific Northwest, which was amazing. Uh, we've just heard wonderful things about it. Washington State, the, the nature there is beautiful. So we got to go to all the national parks in Washington, including North Cascades, Olympic, and Rainier. And we loved all of them. Um, North Cascades was definitely our favorite of those. We had a great time there, saw some really beautiful mountains, felt like we were in another world. It's basically almost in Canada. Yeah. Um, we stayed with family uh, outside of Seattle. We went into Seattle, but this was kind of a weird time to be in Seattle. Um, with everything going on in the world. We were definitely trying to avoid cities as much as possible, but we did want to pop in, do just like a couple hour quick day trip to see the touristy stuff, and then we got out of there. But we did meet some friends there, which was good. Um, from there, we, we cut through Oregon. We didn't do a lot in Oregon, unfortunately. We definitely, that'll be one place we have to go back and do more later. 
but we did go to Crater Lake, which was amazing. Uh, one of Jared's favorite things to do is go to clear water and jump in. Yeah, especially yeah. after hiking all day, um, hiking for a long time and jumping in cold water is a lot of fun. Yeah, so it was beautiful at Crater Lake. And then we got to California and we spent a lot of time in California. But this was unfortunately not a great time again to be in California with COVID, with the wildfires, with everything going on. It just was a weird time. So we enjoyed it, but maybe not as much as we would have enjoyed it otherwise. Yeah, we were nervous. We were really nervous actually leaving Washington, going down into Oregon and California, knowing the fires were going on. We didn't know what it was going to be like or if you know, our entire route might have to change. Um, luckily, nothing that we had planned we really had to change, uh, but we did see a lot of smoke and uh, it was a, definitely a sad time for California in general. Yeah, it was a bummer. Um, we definitely felt bad for everybody. Luckily, we didn't have to necessarily evacuate or like Jared said, we didn't have to cut out anything, but the smoke kind of put a little bit of a damper on some of the places we were hoping to see. Like the coast wasn't quite as pretty as it probably normally is. Yeah. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, a lot of stuff was closed. So it was just kind of a weird time to be in California, but we did hit all of the national parks in California, which and was there a are ton. a lot. I can't remember how many, maybe seven or eight in California. California. There's, yeah. uh, there's a lot. So we loved that. Um, we didn't go, we skipped over, um, like a lot of people recommended, like Tahoe, San Francisco. We did kind of go through LA. Uh, we didn't like LA that much. We liked San Diego a lot. Um, and Yosemite was amazing. And then from California, we went to Nevada. We did go to Las Vegas for a few days, even though the conference wasn't going on. Um, and then we went through Arizona. We had been through Arizona before, so we just had a few stops that we wanted to hit we hadn't been to before. We were really glad we went to Sedona, even though, again, not a national park, but have heard awesome things about it, and it was definitely a highlight, I would say, of our trip. Yeah, Sedona was beautiful. Um, we went through Phoenix and Tucson as well, but Sedona was definitely the highlight of Arizona on this trip. Yeah, and we went to Petrified National Forest, and or National Park, and um, Saguaro, Saguaro. Uh, National Park, which are two that we hadn't been to. And then our trip got really short from there. We just had a tiny bit left. We cut through New Mexico and Texas. We went to the two national parks in New Mexico, a um, couple of national parks in Texas. We also got to meet up with some friends and some recruiters at some staffing agencies in Texas, which was really cool. And then our last stop of the trip was in Arkansas at the Hot Springs in Arkansas, which I thought was a nice little end to the trip because we had done a lot of hiking and uh, we got to go and get in the Hot Springs. Um, so that was cool. And then we cut through Tennessee and back home to Virginia. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the second half of the trip was very abbreviated. It felt like uh, a little bit rushed. I think we would have been better off to have a little bit more time. But most of what we wanted to see was in the north on this trip anyway. So uh, it was The north awesome. and the west. So I would say... Yeah, north and the west. And a part of it is that we just had a lot more energy and we're so much more excited. And, like, a lot of the really cool stuff was the beginning, like, the first four to five weeks... And then week six, seven, eight, we're kind of like, eh, like, I mean, it was still beautiful. Like we loved the Southwest and everything, but we, ha we were just starting to tucker out a little bit. And I was especially getting a little bit annoyed with the van life. It was getting to be a little much, not having consistent showering, uh, not having a consistent comfortable bed, some of my creature comforts. Yeah. One of the downsides of being in the van, uh, at some point, probably about two weeks in or maybe even less, uh, my camping mattress got a hole in it. So we had two that were side by side. Um, so I only had, uh, I think, about probably 10 nights with the actual camping mattress there, and otherwise I was just kind of sleeping on the hard surface, which wasn't ideal, but at least Whitney did not have that. Yeah, I definitely I, I would have. She would have complained a lot more. I would have complained a lot more, and I would have either gone to buy a new camping mattress if my camping mattress had gone flat, or I would have been like, we're not staying in the van anymore, but Jared sucked it up. Yeah. So good job. Okay, so let's go over our top five, what we considered our top five, and I would love to hear from you guys 
um, what you think are your favorite national parks. But of the 38 that we've been to, um, we'll tell you what our top five favorite national parks are. Yeah, so number one was a huge surprise to us. We uh, had never even actually heard of this national park being from the East Coast until we were planning this trip. We were like, oh, we'll just map out this route to all the national parks. I'd never heard of it, but North Cascades in Washington, which is up near the Canadian border, it's not that far from the Canadian border, it was beautiful. It was, uh, it's hard to describe, but the hike we did there was our favorite hike of all time, and it was definitely the highlight of the trip. Um, seeing the mountains and the glaciers and the alpine lakes and stuff, it was amazing. So yeah. that was clearly, it was, a, it was a close contest, but it was clearly number one. Yeah, so I think it was, a, it was a close contest between North Cascades and Glacier. I think Glacier also had a lot to offer. I think we had a little bit of a different experience at Glacier because we were there on both days. We had a lot of people to meet up with. Uh, we met up with several travelers and we had a friend um, that we stayed with there. And so we kind of, it was just different because we weren't necessarily on our own agenda. Like we were there with other people and we were trying to coordinate a lot of things. And so we, we didn't necessarily do the hikes that we would have done otherwise. We did a couple of hikes, but I know that a lot of people really like what's called the Highland Trail at Glacier. And I've had someone else that messaged us that said, I think if you had done the Highland Trail and hiked to this other lake, that probably would have been just as epic as North Cascade, but they're definitely neck and neck. And we had a great time at both. Um, but we just loved the hike that we did at North Cascades and it was just like otherworldly, those mountains and glaciers, you were right there at them and it was amazing. So Yeah, and like I said, we're gonna go back to all of these top five again. So next time we go to Glacier, we're definitely gonna do the Highline Trail and some other more difficult trails that'll probably have some even more amazing views than what we saw. Yeah, but we had a great time. So those are our top two, North Cascades and Glacier. And then after that, we ranked Grand Tetons. Uh, we loved Grand Tetons. Again, I think part of it has to do with you know, how you're feeling when you get there, because it was very early in our trip. We were very excited. We were just in awe of the mountains. Who knows if we'd done it in a different order and had different energy at a different um, park, maybe another one would have made the top five, but we just loved the Grand Tetons. Yeah, and when you're ranking these things, it's really hard to rank. We, we figured out, uh, we, we actually ranked all the ones we went to. Um, and what we figured out was really difficult is trying to differentiate things that are so, or trying to rank things that are so different. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, for example, how do you compare um, a canyon to Crater Lake? Like they're just so different. Like they're both amazing, but how do you how do you compare them? Mm -hmm. So that was a difficult thing. Yep. So that's number three is uh, Grand Teton. Number four, we ranked Yosemite. Uh, we loved Yosemite. It had a lot to offer. Beautiful mountains pretty water. Um, I think it's consistently rated pretty high up there. So for us, it made number four. And then number five, we ranked Yellowstone. Yeah, Yellowstone, we were really looking forward to. And to be honest, I was a little underwhelmed, I guess. And I mean, that's kind of a stupid thing to say, but it's just because of everything else we saw. Um, I think I thought it would be way cooler than it was. Uh, and the re reason we ranked it number five is because there's so much to see and do there. I mean, it is the biggest park we went to. It's about it's over two hours to drive from the south of the park to the north of the park so you can spend probably two weeks there and there's probably a lot that we didn't see that would have made it even better um but the other ones i think were were better yeah it had terms. a huge variety of stuff so the other ones i think we ranked really highly because we just love the huge amazing mountain views 
and the pretty lakes, but Yellowstone had everything. It had prairies, it had lakes, it had mountains, it had lots of animals, it had the geysers and the canyons. So it had a lot of variety. Seeing the animals was really cool. We had a lot of cool up-close experiences in the car, thankfully, with buffalo. Um, The Grand Prismatic Springs, it was just like, that was crazy. So it was definitely up there, but to us it's not really like number one, more like number five. Uh, the other downside, and this is one of the weird things about ranking parks, is it depends on the situation when you get there or when you're there. And uh, Yellowstone was like the most busy of all the ones we went to. So it was difficult to get around and there was a lot of crowds and things like that. So I think that tainted our opinion a little bit. Yeah, we were surprised, honestly, at how busy some of the parks were this year. I guess a lot of other people had the same idea, like, eh, COVID, can't travel internationally. I guess we'll just go to the national parks. So a lot of those ones that we went to in the month of August when people were still traveling a lot um, were a lot busier. When we got into the month of September, it seemed to be less busy. And I think also we were going to some of the lesser known parks yeah. in September. So Yeah, so the top five, North Cascades, Glacier, Grand Tetons, Yellow, or Yosemite, and Yellowstone. So yep. if you haven't been to those five, we would definitely recommend it. Absolutely. There's still several parks we haven't been to in the lower 48, but of the ones we've been to, those are our favorite. So just to touch on some highlights here, um, I think a highlight of this trip in general for me was to know that each national park is so different. Um, We had a a good friend of ours say, like, you're just going to go to national parks. Aren't you going to get tired of looking at mountains and rocks? And we were like, well, we'll see. But honestly, no, because each and every single place we went to was a lot different than the last. We went and saw mountains with glaciers on them. We saw um, lush green mountains. We saw brown mountains. We saw... um, sand, desert, desert, canyons, uh, the Badlands type landscape, um, lakes, uh, those like volcanic type springs at a couple of different places. So that was really weird just to see these, like you see hot springs and you think, oh good, it's like a hot tub. I'll get in. No, if you get in, you'll die. Like they're really, they're volcanic in nature. Um, So just the variety of things that we saw, it's like you'd go to this national park and the major thing to be to see would be totally different than what you see at this national park. Um, You know, like Hot Springs, Arkansas, you get in the Hot Springs, they're like spas um, in these buildings. And then, you know, in Tucson, it was like you're looking at these 40-foot tall cacti that you learned are, or no, they were taller than that, weren't they? Uh, They were big. I don't know, these giant a saguaro cacti and you're just like what is this and why does it exist oh and the tree the oh we didn't even mention the redwoods oh yeah uh, <laughs> our little snafu at the redwoods um but the redwoods are amazing and the sequoias too you're looking up at them and you're like i'm so small yeah uh yeah i guess we'll explain that real quick if you guys <laughs> didn't see on facebook or on instagram uh there was a giant branch that fell off of a redwood while we were driving through the park um that felt like within six inches of the front of the van. And when it hit a piece of one of the branches of that branch, because these are massive, massive trees. So the branch itself is like almost tree size. Um, one of the branches of the branch stuck into the, the van, into the fender. And luckily it was just plastic that it went through and it didn't damage anything inside. But that was a terrifying experience. It, yeah. um, it definitely made me very cautious and nervous the rest of the trip driving. Yeah, so that was really the only um, big problem we had, and it could have been so much worse. You know, if it had hit the hood or or the um, windshield, it could have totaled the car. It could have injured us. So we were very lucky that it just made a very small hole in, in the front of the fender, and it's mainly cosmetic, nothing really major done. 
Um, but yeah, just a huge highlight of this trip was seeing the variety across our, our country. I can't believe that our country, these 50 individual states are all so different. It's like we have 50 individual countries here. Yeah. Um, and even one state, I mean, God, California is massive and there's just, you see the beaches and you see these cliffs on the Pacific Ocean and then you see the desert down in like Joshua Tree and then you're up in the mountains and Yosemite and the Redwoods and Sequoias and just craziness yeah i mean between this year's trip and last year's road trip we've spent almost 12 weeks driving around the country um and we have just scratched the surface i mean there's so much still to see so we're at least going to do one more pretty long road trip maybe not as long as this one um, but at least one more maybe a couple more long road trips around the u.s just because there is so much to see in the country so if you're watching i would love to hear from you guys in the comments what is your favorite place that you've visited in the u.s um, whether it's a city a state a national park a state park what's your favorite place that you've been in the u.s um, we talked today about some of our top ones that we did on this road trip but it's honestly so hard to choose because our country is beautiful it's just amazing um, so let us know what your favorite place is yep so you want to talk about costs yeah um okay Okay. Do you have anything else? Well, yeah, I had a couple other things. Um, I think we kind of touched on, we got pretty lucky with the wildfires. Um, and as far as like COVID disruptions, we didn't really have any major disruptions other than with the van. We had planned on stopping at, Nash, um, at Planet Fitness. We had uh, gotten a Planet Fitness membership so that we could stop and use the showers and then also occasionally work out along our road trip. And we thought, oh, this would be genius. Uh, we'd read a blog where somebody else had done that. We thought, great idea. Little did we know that some of the states would still have gyms closed, and some of the states where the gyms were open had weird rules, like their showers were closed. So that really caused kind of a kink in our plans as far as logistics for van camping and not being able to shower as often. Um, other than that, we didn't run into too many problems with COVID. Like, there were some things that were closed, but most of it we weren't really planning on doing anyway, so it didn't really disrupt our trip. Um, for the most part, traveling during COVID wasn't that different than traveling during normal times, other than just wearing the masks and making sure to follow whatever the local rules were. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing major. Um, and then just as far as the van logistics, I think it went well. I just think, like we said, we might have bit off a little bit more than we, we thought doing eight weeks. Like that, that's a lot. I mean, 30 plus nights sleeping in a van it's a lot. So I think that it would have been fine if it had been just a little bit shorter of a trip. So I do think we'll do another trip with the van. We bought the van. We plan to keep it. But I don't know that we'll do as long. Um, yeah, I think four to six weeks would be um, much better. Probably four weeks, a couple more four-week trips in the next, uh, probably this coming year. Um, and maybe the spring and the fall would be a great time because part of the trip being through the summer was really hot in some of these places. So it would have been more enjoyable if it was more moderate weather and if it was shorter. Yeah, so the temperature, you know, you have to take that into account if you decide to travel in a van because we don't run the car at night. You know, we had a little battery-powered fan that we used, um, but other than that, we were just kind of, you know, depending on what the weather was. Uh, we did try to leave the doors open a couple nights, which was okay if there weren't a lot of bugs. So that's something to take into account. Finding places to shower, so if you work in, stops at gyms or stops at RV parks or hotel nights here and there that helps to solve that problem. Bathroom breaks sometimes especially for us girls were a little bit of an issue depending on where you were camping and stuff. If you're camping camping you just pretend like you're camping in a tent and go in the woods and it's fine but if you're like camping at a Walmart maybe not. Yeah. So that's something to take into account. So Overall, it was fine, especially if you're somebody who's watching this, planning on doing like a van trip for a weekend or a week or two. 
or a few weeks, but I do think eight weeks was a long time to do just the minivan. Um, but overall, it was good and it was it went without many problems. Yeah, and in terms of temperature, uh, we had a maybe two or three nights in the van that were pretty difficult, and it was because it was so hot. So one night in California, which inland California, we didn't realize how hot it would be, um, and I think the daytime temperature in the area we were was probably 112 or 113 degrees. And it dropped quite a bit at night, but still it was in the low 80s all night. And uh, that was pretty miserable. So that was probably our worst night. Um, so in the future, we'll err on the side of things being colder because we could easily put up with 40 or 50 degree temperatures under the, under the covers and everything with clothes on. Um, but if it's over probably 75 degrees, it is just really difficult to be comfortable in the van. Yep, so something to keep in mind there if you were planning a similar trip. And if you ha ever have any questions and wanna know more about how we actually did the van and all that stuff, um, we'll probably write an article explaining a little bit more in detail. And I did do a video um, showing how we converted the van. All right, so costs. If you guys have uh, ever read any of my Fifth Wheel PT articles, every trip we do, I keep track of all of my costs separate from Whitney's cost and uh, everything. So lodging, meals, uh, parking, everything we spent on this trip, even like building the platform, all that. I kept track of everything that we spent money on and recorded that as we went. So in total for 55 days or 55 nights, I guess we spent um, traveling, I spent $2,015, $2,016. Um, and that was about $37 a day. So traveling in the van was much cheaper. And, and to compare that, last year's road trip that we did, um, where we stayed at Airbnbs every night and a couple hotel nights, um, we spent $54 a day, or I spent $54 a day. So significantly cheaper on a daily basis and on a, on a total cost basis. So um, traveling in the van really helped us. The majority of those costs were gas and food, almost, I mean, that was probably three-fourths of the costs in total because we really didn't spend that much on lodging. A lot of the time was um, in the van or staying with family or something like that. So we stayed at a few Airbnbs. We used a couple free hotel nights that we had um, from credit card rewards and the rest was you know, not that expensive. Yeah, so it's definitely very affordable to take this type of trip um, if you decide to do some kind of van camping or camping like that and again it depends on if you find places that are free to stay I think we didn't mention that but we used um, a website called freecampsites.net to be able to find free places that you can stay overnight um, you can also look up which Walmarts allow overnight parking um, on if you just google uh, Walmart overnight parking I think it's a website called all stays um, there's also a couple apps compendium I overlander we didn't necessarily find those as beneficial to find the free places so it's really gonna make a difference as to whether you find free places to stay or some, if you have to stay at an RV park or a campground, um, that can add up quick because they're usually, depending if it's like a really popular place, like somewhere near Yellowstone or something, might be 35 to $55 a night. And in our opinion, at that point, if we're gonna pay 35 to $55, we'd rather just rent a room in a house at an Airbnb where we can have AC and a real shower instead of just having a place to physically park our van and not even be able to use any facilities for 35 to $55 a night. Yeah. Um, so that's how we kind of went about it. So just take that into account. We saved a ton by finding free places to stay. Yeah, and so uh, if you're considering any kind of similar trip, I think it's, it's in terms of affordability, it is very affordable. Um, to compare that, that's how much I actually spent when we were traveling through Asia. So we traveled in 2018, five months through Europe and Asia, 
and we spent, or I, I spent an average of $37 a day. So it was actually the same cost per, per day. Um, but comparing the two trips, I actually really like this road trip a lot more in terms of all the things we saw and all the things we we're able to do. Um, so I think it's a very affordable way to travel. Uh, it's not for everybody, obviously. You can't do it if you have a family. Um, but if you're you know, a travel therapist between assignments, young, um, traveling in a minivan can be a lot of fun. Yeah, and it just depends on what type of person you are. We definitely know some people that will just take their vehicle and plan to actually tent camp uh, some of the nights. And again, you can find some free sites to camp at tent camping, but you might also sometimes have to pay, especially if you plan to stay inside the parks. We kind of thought when we started planning this trip that some of the national parks, we'd be able to just find a parking spot and park overnight. But we found out that almost all of them have rules where you cannot park overnight unless you are registered at one of their campgrounds, aka pay for one of their campsites. So if you plan to camp inside the national park, you will have to pay their fee to get a spot at the campground, which could be, again, $35, $50 some dollars. Um, so you could try to do a mix, depending on how comfortable you are with camping, car camping or tent camping. But on, um, the, on the positive side, almost all the national parks outside of the national park, so almost as soon as you leave the, the entrance or the exit of the national park, um, there are national forests, almost the majority of them, around. And the national forest you can stay at for free. And there'll be like little service roads that you can pull off on that will have places to pull over. And so we did that a lot of the time. Yeah. And it all just depends on what you're comparing to. So if you're the type of person who takes a trip and you stay at hotels that cost $120 to $200 a night, well then $35 to $55 for a campsite is nothing. But we try to, we're budget travelers at this stage of our lives, and um, we try to keep our costs pretty low. We usually stay at Airbnbs that are very cheap or use our hotel points, our credit card points, for free hotel nights. So we're always trying to stay as cheap as possible, and we were able to succeed in doing that this trip, and it was um, not too bad overall. Um, but it just depends on what type of traveler you are. Yep, and if you're interested in the costs uh, more in depth, in the next couple of days I'm going to be working on an article breaking down everything. So I'm going to break that down into categories of meals, lodging, um, fuel, those kind of things to, to just show where all those costs came from. All right. So I think that's mostly everything we had to go over. Um, if you are watching this live or if you're watching later on the replay, if you want to leave us a question in the comments, uh, we'd be happy to answer any questions that you have. And again, we'll write some articles that'll probably give a little bit more in-depth details if you're looking to try to mimic our trip or do anything like that uh, hopefully we can answer your questions there yep so if there aren't any questions um for anybody who's live uh thank you for joining us and we will see you again next week hopefully um going forward we'll be back every sunday a little bit more consistent we plan to hopefully be at home um, in virginia for the foreseeable future we're trying to work on our next um move we're not sure yet whether we're going to take a travel contract or hang around home for a little while or go on another trip we have a yeah. we have a lot of options that we're weighing right now so yeah we don't know what the future will hold but at least for the next few weeks we'll be at home yep so stay tuned and thank you guys again for joining us and hopefully we'll see you next week see you next week bye bye